Welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and today we're going to talk about the George Floyd death and the wrongful conviction of Derek Chauvin. Uh, Derek Chauvin was a police officer. He was convicted of murdering uh, George Floyd, and it was a wrongful conviction. And sadly, his last his last possibility of being exonerated was to be heard before the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the case, which is very, very sad, because now he has no other options. The only other possible option he has is if, if, as if Donald Trump was elected to office and granted him a pardon. That's his only prayer. And I, I got to be honest with you, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Although he'll be, you know, Donald Trump, that'll be his last, um, if he wins, that'll be his last uh, four years as president. So I don't see why he wouldn't. But uh, he might not. There's a good chance he won't. Which is sad because what it means is that an innocent man has is going to spend the rest of his life in prison. What life he has because he's been severely stabbed. And unless things have changed, I think he's still alive. But he's been, people have made attempts on his life. People are trying to kill this guy for something he didn't do. And so I have several clips. There's, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a documentary I highly recommend. And this documentary is called The Fall of, the Fall of Minneapolis. Uh, of course, they're talking about Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is the location that this occurred. And the entire city... If you followed the news at all, the, the entire city was ransacked. Um, different cities around the country were ransacked. Um, BLM, Black Lives Matter, that was actually created on a lie, the Michael Brown lie, uh, that he was saying, "Hands, you know, I have my hands up, please don't shoot me. And of course, that was disproven by, by, the, uh, by Eric Holder, which was the, um, you know, prosecuting attorney for the for Barack Obama's administration came down himself and dis, and disproved it through forensics that and through witness statements that that was the case so BLM who who started out on a lie um only gained power more power through the George Floyd incident and of course people were murdered um you know police were attacked Cities were in chaos, they were burning, and uh, all on a lie, all on an absolute lie. Now, again, I highly recommend the documentary. It was on, it was on, um, well, now it's on YouTube. It, at one time, it was on, um, oh, what's it called, Rumble. At one time, it was on Rumble, because they didn't, weren't sure they were going to be able to be on YouTube. But now it's on uh now it's absolutely on uh, YouTube, and I'll put the link at the bottom of this of this uh, episode. And I, I hope I hope and pray that everybody. And I'm an atheist, but I hope and pray that everybody goes and watches this documentary. It's eye opening. It's shocking. Uh, your jaw will drop to the floor. It's very very shocking. Um, we don't live in a we don't we live in a banana republic. People, our government is corrupt. Are including the justice system, and uh, he was sacrificed for political uh, gain. 
not because he was actually guilty. It was completely rigged. Lies were told, and all of this is exposed in the clips. Um, I don't know what else. I don't know what else could possibly happen. He's been turned down by the Supreme Court again, unless Donald Trump comes forward and speaks on his behalf to get him out of jail before he ends up getting killed. I mean, God knows what else has happened to him while he's been in prison. He's no longer in protective custody. He's actually in the in the general population. So he's got a huge target on his back, uh, all for all for uh, nothing, nothing that he did. Although a lot of those people in prison want to do want to harm him and kill him simply because he was a cop. I think we all know that's true. Sad but true. But, but criminals hate police, um, and you know now they have two reasons to hate him: one uh, that he was a cop, which is true, and the other that he murdered George Floyd, which which is a lie. Okay, let's go ahead and start this. Um, so this began May 25th, 2020. A store clerk calls 911 to report a man who attempted to pay with with uh, fake bills, so counterfeit money. The clerk said the man is uh, awfully drunk and he's not in control of himself. And there's a still picture of him standing at the counter. So this happened on May 20th, 2020. I'm sorry, May 25th of 2020. At, uh, let's see. Okay, so George Floyd before this had been several, in the, in the state of Texas versus George Floyd um, cases, uh, aliases that he's gone under, uh, George Floyd, which is his name, George Lee Freud, um, uh, George Perry uh, Floyd, uh, Omar Jamal Ket, K-E-T-T, and Floyd Perry. And this was all in, uh, he gave the same date of birth on, on every occasion. But the only one that was real was the George Perry Floyd. All the rest were lies. Okay, so George Floyd used several aliases, uh, was arrested for multiple crimes. Uh, in 1997, George Floyd, Mr. Floyd, was convicted of delivery of cocaine. In other words, it was a felony. Uh, he was delivering cocaine. Um, maybe somebody else sold it and he delivered it, or I'm not sure what the case is. But that was in 1997. In 1998, Mr. Floyd was convicted of aggravated robbery. Now, aggravated robbery, he went in with five of his friends, held a, held a, held a shotgun to a woman's stomach, a pregnant woman's stomach, a black pregnant woman's stomach, while they ransacked the house. I don't know if it was for money or if it was for drugs. I don't know the specifics of the case. So I think he ended up doing six years on that account. And that was 1998. 1998 again theft so between 50 and 500 dollars so that's another conviction 2001 failure to identify to a police officer so he, he, he refused to give his identity or at least his true identity and so that was a, that that's obviously a crime uh, 2002 possession of cocaine Possession of cocaine, so that's 2002. 
Next is 2002 again, criminal trespass. So he was trespassing um, in 2002. 2004, delivery of cocaine. So in other words, another case of delivering drugs. Uh, 2005, possession of cocaine with intent to, to deliver. So in other words, he had cocaine and he was trying to deliver it to buyers or perhaps dealers. I don't know. It doesn't go into that. Or at least I don't, I don't have that information. Let's see. 2008, aggravated robbery with a firearm. Another case of aggravated robbery with a firearm. 2008. 2019, narcotics violation. I think this was probably while he was on probation. Um, okay, hold on one second. So this guy's a career criminal. This guy is constantly being convicted of both violent and nonviolent crimes, drug crimes and various other crimes. So this, is, this isn't a one-off for him. This is a way of, of, of life for him. And the idea that he was some saint and that, you know, they put up a, a giant mural of this wonderful man that was supposedly killed, wrongly killed, murdered, um, while he was trying to pass off phony bills, while he was refusing to cooperate, uh, that's just not the case. And uh, I think I'm going to lay this out pretty, pretty succinct for you. And not only am I going to lay this out, but if you go watch the documentary, you're going to get a lot more information than I'm going to give you, a whole lot more. So that being said, let's let's go ahead and go into the documentary, the the first contact the police made with him after the store clerk talked to the cops. And they started across the street to talk to him because he was in his vehicle at the time. So let's see how that played out. Bear with me. <laughs> Officer Lane says they're moving around. Okay, so George Floyd is holding up his one hand uh, right there by the driver's door. The, the one on the other side by the stick shift, uh, by the gear shift, he's not holding that up. He, uh, no telling what he's doing with that hand, but he's not putting that up. He's, he's refusing to put that up. And finally, the police officer pulled his gun. Put your hand up there. Put your fucking hand up there. Jesus Christ. Keep your fucking hands on the wheel. Okay, so now he's saying he got shot. He he was not shot. You'll find that out later on. He was never shot by the by the uh, by the when he was pulled over in a similar situation a year ago. George Floyd's friend Morris Hall is sitting. Oh, let me make sure we got this. George Floyd's. Uh, Friend Mor Mor Morris Hall is sitting in the um, on the front, you know, the passenger side. Another friend, Sh Shonda or Shawanda, well, Hill is uh, sitting in uh, in the back. Back in. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. 
I'm going to have trouble with some of these names, so I apologize ahead of time. Man, I got, I got shot the same way because I was before. Okay, well, when I say let me I'm see sorry. your hands, you put your fucking hands up. Man, I'm so sorry, man. You got him? Man, dang, man. Put your hands on top of your head. Hands on top of your head. Hands on top of your head. Step out of the vehicle and step away from me, all right? Step out and face away. <laughs> He's crying and refusing to get out of the vehicle. Gonna shoot please. you. Step out and face away. I'm gonna get out of here, man. Please don't shoot me, man. I just lost my mom, man. So he claims that he just lost his mom. Uh, George Floyd's mother passed away on May 30th, 2018. So that's no, that's like a couple of years. That's definitely not the case. Nearly two years before. <laughs> Step out and face away. <laughs> Step out and face away. Please don't shoot me, Mr. Officer. Please. Don't shoot me, man. Step please. out and face away. Can you not shoot me, man? I'm not shooting you. Step out. So the whole time he's begging, please don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. And he's refusing to get out of the car. He, he's he's not cooperating. The, the, the officer has him by the wrist with the one hand, and he's absolutely refusing to be pulled out of the car. Okay, 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 please, 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 man, please, please. Okay, Officer Lane tells Mr. Floyd to step out eight times. Eight times he tells this guy to step out. Floyd continues to ignore police. So Shawanda Hillias yells, stop resisting Floyd. So she's, she's admitting right there that he's resisting. So he's resisting the commands. He's, resist, he's physically resisting and refusing to cooperate. And she told him to go ahead and stop, stop resisting. Officer Alex Kang, K-U-E-N-G, shows up. Hey, you come back. Stay in the car. Okay, so what you hear is, is that Maurice uh, Hall and Shawanda Hill attempt to walk away from the car. And the, co the other cop tells them to go ahead and get back in the car. So Officer Kang, I think that's how you spell it, pronounce it, also tells uh, George Floyd to stop resisting. Yes, you are. So the entire time he's resisting the police, he's saying over and over again, I'm not resisting. Then he drops to the ground. He does this several times during this, during this interaction. He drops down to one knee or both knees and uh, makes them pick him back up. Stand up. 
So Floyd says, I don't want to go back, man. I guess back to prison. I ain't gonna that wrong, man. Come on, walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. Stand up. Okay, so he, he jumps down to one knee again, next to the side of the car, when the officer tries to take him over to the sidewalk. Stand up. Come on. We're trying to get out of the street here so you don't get hit by a car. Take a seat. Sit down for me. Thank you, man. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, sit down. Thank you, man. God. Sit all the way down. Yes, Let sir. Yes, sir. I will. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, man. You got an ID on you? <laughs> I got one on. <laughs> All right, what's your name? George. George? George Perry Floyd. I, mean, I don't know what's going on. Man, that's it. Spell it for me. G-E-O. Yep. R-G-E. Last name? Floyd. Floyd, man. F-L-O-Y-D. F-L-O-Y-D? Yes. Date of birth? And as I'm going to get to, October 14th. October 14th? 73. Okay, that's another claim that he was shot last time. Uh, a year ago, the, you know, pretty much a year ago, the same exact situation, just a different area. And uh, no, he was not shot. <laughs> that's, a, that's an absolute lie. So again, he claims that, that he was never shot last time. When the police tell you to get out of the goddamn car, you don't need to know what's going on. Get the fuck out of the car. If the police pulled me over and they told me to get out of the car, guess what? I would just get out of the goddamn car. It's that simple. It makes us think way more is going on than we need to know. Right. And, and, and that's all I have. Gotcha. All right. We're going to put you in the back of a squad, all right? Yeah, we're going to sort all this out, all right? That's your car key? That's my sister. Key fob right there? Yes, sir. I got one problem. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to that for you, all right? Stand up. So he's twisting his own wrist and pretending like in the cuffs, you can tell he's got his arm twisted and he's pretending like that the cuffs are hurting him because they put the, the cuffs on wrong. No, you can see how one arm is fine. And the other arm, he's got twisted to the side. Ouch! Ouch, man! Are you, are you on something right now? I'm not, no, nothing. You act so, when asked if he's on some on anything, uh, George Floyd says no, absolutely nothing. I got to tell you, one of the ways that the cops help people when they're drunk out of their minds or they're on drugs is that you have to tell them. Otherwise, you're going to OD and they're not even gonna, they might not even realize there's a problem before it's too late. Let's go. Yeah, you got man. foam around your 
Okay, so he drops down to one knee again when they're trying to put him in the back of the squad car. Okay, so he's turning around on the cops while they keep telling him to face and get in the in the, in the car. He's he's fighting the cops. He's turning around to them and screaming, "Please, please, please!" and, and a bunch of other nonsense. I hear you, but you are gonna face this door right now. He's not resisting, but he keeps turning around on them and keeps dropping down to one knee. So, of course, he's resisting. He's not throwing punches, but of course, he's resisting. All of his, all of his, uh, his criminal record, his lengthy criminal record, including violent crimes. Um, but he's not that kind of guy, according to him. Okay, so Officer Kang, or King, I don't know how you pronounce this, uh, finds a marijuana pipe in, in uh, George Floyd's pocket. Don't move by myself, man, please. This is That's it. Anything sharp on you? I won't do Do you have anything sharp on you? Now you want to comb or nothing? He was given fake money. He was given counterfeit bills to the store. Uh, and he refused to get out of the car. He refused to put his hands up on the steering wheel. He refused to put his hands on top of the wheel. And again, he refused to get out of the car when he was ordered out of the car. And he didn't, but he didn't know that all this was going to happen. Yeah, George Floyd says, I just want, so George Floyd just said, all I want is my hands free. I bet you do. And I understand, and I'm listening, and I understand that, 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 that people do stuff, and, 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 and y'all don't know me. If he wasn't that kind of guy, he'd just get his ass in the back of the car. So he just had COVID. What the fuck does that have to do with getting in the back of the goddamn car and not resisting? <laughs> Apparently that's one of the symptoms of COVID. 
So some guy that's on standing out on the street on the sidewalk, he's saying, he's saying, brother, you're not going to win. Just, just stop resisting, get in the car. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he's telling the guy. And of course, Floyd's saying, no, I, I, I don't want to win. Yeah, but you're not, you're still resisting. So I don't know. Okay, Officer Tao Thao, uh, Asian guy. He just showed up on the scene. T-O-U is the first name, and T-H-A-O is the second name. Officers Tao Thao uh, and Derek Chauvin, um, they arrive on the scene basically at the same time. I think they might have been in the same cruiser. So George Floyd says, when I start, when I start breathing, when I start breathing, it's going to go off on me. So he's trying to say that, I, I don't know what he's trying to say really there, that he's got breathing problems. Okay. Obviously nobody's knees on his back or on his neck or anything else at this point. First, George Floyd says, uh, I can't choke. And then he says, I can't breathe. Now, right now, this, they're just trying to push him, you know, with his shoulders and his legs. They're trying to push him into the car. They're nowhere near his neck, his chest, or anything else. Okay, so a bystander tells uh, George Floyd, "You're gonna, you're gonna die of a heart attack, man. Get in the car." Same guy that said you're not gonna win. 
Okay, so now George Floyd's yelling, I can't breathe. I just had COVID. I can't breathe. Again, he's just sitting in the edge of the car, refusing to get in the, in the squad car. Okay, so Officer Kang says he's under arrest uh, for forgery right now. Okay, George Floyd's black. The officer, they say he's black, but he's actually mixed. Just for accuracy. Okay, so he says, I want to lay on the ground, I want to lay on the ground. So the, finally they pull him back out of the car because he's fighting like hell not to get in the car. And what he does is, is he, as soon as he gets on the ground, he starts kicking uh, the officers. He start kick, starts kicking them in the legs while he's screaming, I can't breathe. Uh, you got your Okay, so the officers uh, were using the maximal restraint technique, MRT. Uh, it, may in, 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 uh, it may include, sorry, small print, it may include a hobble restraint device according to uh, policy 5-316. Now, this is the same policy that uh, the officers on the stand, um, cr the, the um, staff... The um, you know the brass claim that this didn't exist in their in their manual in their restraint manual. Um, yet you'll find out later that that's completely disproven. I mean, one hundred percent disproven. So that's approved by the Minnesota Minneapolis Police. Officer Lane was the one that he kicked. So despite being un being handcuffed, Mr. Floyd continues to physically resist kicking Officer Lane. Absolutely. So he's kicking, he's fighting, he's rolling around on the ground. Here he's refusing all the all the commands. He's re he, uh, at the same time, I'm not resisting. I'm not that kind of guy. All this other nonsense that he keeps saying, and yet he's resisting like crazy. Enough that they couldn't get him in the car. Okay, so Officer Lane just calls for an EMS ambulance. 36 seconds into uh, George Floyd being on the ground. 
Okay, so he's screaming, Mama, I love you, this person I love you, that person I love you. But the entire time he's, he's screaming, I can't breathe, which he's been doing from the beginning. Um, and it doesn't seem to change at all. Let's see, let's get back to where we... Okay. Mama! Mama! I want you to hear that again. Mama! On my right side back. Mama! Mama! Okay, so again, Officer Lane calls for the EMS ambulance. 36 seconds after George Floyd's on the ground. He's resisting, he's kicking, he's doing everything he possibly can, yet he can't believe this is happening. Okay, so you got to hear that again. Things politically turned. were coming. Okay, let's head back. Okay, there we go one second. Okay, so this is a recording. This is a recording. Let me make sure I got on the right recording. Okay, so this next next clip is a clip of the first altercation he had where he claimed he was shot. And in this recent altercation where he died, he claimed he was shot in his last altercation. So let's see some proof that that's absolutely not true and him playing the same shenanigans with the other officer. Body camera is out there. Shows exactly what I this did. This is Scott Crichton. Exactly what the other officers did. No, we didn't shoot him. How was George Floyd acting during that arrest in, in 2019? Everything was almost identical. I mean, the initial stop, uh, when I first started to approach him, you know, he was uncooperative. He wasn't listening to my commands. Uh, he was very agitated. Just keep your hands up where I can see him. Oh, stand up. Hey! Let me. Keep your hands where I can, can see them. I see your hands. So they're going back and forth between the two encounters, showing the similarities. Uh, let me see your other hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me see your other hand. Both hands. Put your fucking hands up right now. During the time, I, he was, I couldn't see his hands. I, he was moving them out. We found out later he's probably eating dope. Okay, so if you look at the first, at the uh, this last encounter, and um, he, you can see from the body camera that he's actually got drugs in his mouth. Okay, so after the arrest in 2020, pills uh, containing um, methamphetamine and fentanyl uh, were recovered from the uh, the vehicle. So he had these drugs in the vehicle. <laughs> 
more pills with uh, George Floyd's saliva and DNA were also recovered from the back of the uh, police squad car. So it had his saliva, it his DNA, DNA on these pills, and they're in the back of the squad car. Now they're going back to the first encounter with uh, Officer Scott Crichton, C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. So a year earlier, he said he told the other officer that he just lost his mother, even though it had been at least a year. And in this situation, it had been two years. Okay, so after the, the arrest and death of George Floyd, politicians and the media became obsessed with the viral uh, cell phone video. This is going to be very disgusting. For five. Okay, so this is uh, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob uh, Fry, F-R-E-Y. He calls for the officer to be charged without knowing anything. Excruciating minutes. For eight minutes and 46 seconds. So Al Sharpton's running his mouth, of course. Big, big surprise. 846, 846, 8 minutes and 46. Don Lemon chimes in, and everybody's giving a slightly different uh, time frame. It's 9 minutes and 29 seconds. 9 minutes and 29 seconds, right? 7.46. The prosecutor said 7.46. And it was obvious on the video that it was 7.46. And again, not on his neck, on, on his shoulder blade. Actually, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. No, that was... <laughs> I'll let I'll let you guess who that was. Okay, so none of these people mentioned the fact that the officers called the EMS thirty six seconds after George Floyd was on the ground. Nobody mentioned that fact at all. Meanwhile, body camera uh, videos show the arrest of George Floyd, kept from the public uh, for months. They didn't show the body camera footage. These are the mostly peaceful protests uh, slash riots. Okay, so this is absolutely disgusting. When a city and when a country gets torn to pieces based on a lie, you know, that can't be allowed to stand. Unfortunately, it seems like it is. But that can't be allowed to stand. If somebody's guilty of a crime, that's fine. Put them in jail. But if they're not guilty of the crime, then don't throw them in there just for the, just for the political gain. Just because of, of mob rule. That's, that's immoral. Absolutely immoral. And, uh, you know, I, I expect that out of third world countries, banana republics. But I don't expect that out of the United States. And... Uh, Apparently, I, I was naive. All right, here's the next clip. 
They were going to use this incident for... Let's go back. Coming up. Everything's politically driven. They were going to use... It's one of the retired officers. ...for a political narrative. And they did. So Jacob Fry is crying at the, at the, uh, at the coffin of George Floyd. Black Lives Matter uh, Plaza was created. With the, uh, the tragic and senseless murder of George Floyd, and it extended through the week of uh, righteous anger being expressed by community leaders and all people of conscience. So poli- uh, uh, you know, politicians and members of the government, the city government, are already stating that this is a murder before it's before anything before anything is known they're already stating it's a murder if you're feeling that sadness this is the mayor again that anger it's not only understandable it's right so if you're feeling anger and sadness without knowing any of the facts it's absolutely right it's the way to go don't definitely don't wait for the uh, the results don't wait for more information uh, knee-jerk response is what's called for and, uh, you know, vigilante justice um, through rioting and through pressuring um, the government into acting, whether the person is guilty or not. They want, they want a rubber stamp. They want, they want this guy to be a sacrificial lamb. And that's basically what happened. Okay, so let's start on the autopsy. George Florida autopsy. Okay, so 12 hours after George Floyd died, an autopsy was performed. And this was May 26, 2020. Hennigan County uh, Medical Examiner, uh, Dr. Andrew M. Baker is the one that performed the autopsy. Later that day, Dr. Baker met with prosecutors. And FBI agents. And he uh, revealed his findings. No no physical evidence uh, suggested for Mr. Floyd's dying of asphyxiation. Mr. Floyd had uh, pre-existing health conditions, coronary uh, artery disease, at least one of the arteries was uh, approximately 75% blocked. Most cases of untreated hypertension can put you at risk of death and or make you get to death quicker. Okay, so May 27th, 2020, prosecutors meet with uh, Mr. Baker again, Dr. Baker. So here's my question. Why is the FBI meeting with, uh, forget about the prosecutors. Okay, whatever. I think it's shady, but forget about them. Why is the FBI meeting with the local, uh, the, the local corner? Okay, so... Uh, Indications that uh, George Floyd medical records that the that he had been admitted to methamphetamine detox. Um, let's see, 
ultimate cause of death may prove to be a multifactorial diagnosis. Okay, on May 31st, 2020, after days of rioting, prosecutors reviewed the results of Mr. F of George Floyd's uh, toxicology report with Dr. Baker. Methamphetamine, 10 milligrams. I'm sorry, 19 milligrams. Fentanyl, 11 milligrams. Uh, a fatal level of fentanyl under normal circumstances is uh, 3 milligrams. 3 milligrams, and he had 11 inside him. Okay, so let's go with the hucksters here. We've got another clip of the hucksters. And, of course, these are the people that stir people up. They get rich. They get famous. And... Um, all through manipulation. We've got an Al Sharpton Jr. here. Al Sharpton will speak as well. Okay, so here it goes. Paramedics did everything, they, everything right. That's going to be disproven. Okay, so on June 1st, 2020, attorney Benjamin Crump, uh, Al Sharpton Jr., uh, in my opinion, announces the findings of an independent autopsy report. George Floyd was a healthy young man. Uh, the autopsy showed so Dr. Michael Baden, B-A-D-E-N, forensic pathologist, um, he was on HBO. Um, he's, he's a kind of a famous, um, you know, forensic uh, pathologist, but he's also a gun for hire and a joke, and you're going to find out why. That Mr. Floyd had no underlying medical problem that caused or contributed to his death. So June 1st, 2020, attorneys from the office of uh, Minnesota Attorney uh, General Keith Ellison met with Dr. Uh, Andrew Baker. So every, every the, you know, the attorney general of the state, um, the FBI, the local prosecutors, everybody's meeting with the, with the, um, with the coroner. And he's the one that did the official autopsy. No bruising in the neck. No bruises on, on uh, back. From the videos I have seen, it appears like this knee is on his side of his neck. Not where the structures are. So it's, it's, it's not in a crucial spot on his neck. Even if it was on the neck, which it wasn't. So it says here, most cases of untreated hypertension can put you at high risk of, for death. 
certain indications can uh, exacerbate and increase the risk of death. Fentanyl at 11 milligrams. Deaths have been certified um, at levels of, of 3 milligrams. So 11 milligrams, uh, if he were found dead at home alone, no other apparent causes, it would have been, it would have, they would assume that it was an overdose. Okay, so on June 3rd, 2020, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison announces murder charges against former officer Derek Chauvin. And here's him, here's him making this announcement. Today, I filed an amended complaint that charges, that charges former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin with murder in the second degree for the death of George Floyd. I believe the evidence available to us now supports the stronger charge of second-degree murder. We've consulted with each other, and we agree. Okay, so Ellison also files arrest warrants for former officers Alex Kang, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, Thomas Lane, and Tao Thao. Finally, I'd like to announce that today, Hennepin County Attorney Michael Freeman and I uh, uh, filed a complaint that charges uh, police officer King, Lane, and Tao with aiding and abetting murder in the second degree of felony offense. I strongly believe that these developments are in the interest of justice for Mr. Floyd, his family, our community, and our state. So needless to say, he's full of shit. Okay, so June 4th, 2020, the next day, a funeral ceremony for George Floyd is held in Minneapolis. The ceremony begins with Reverend Jerry McAfee giving a shout out to Minneapolis gangs. On behalf of the pastors and preachers from Minneapolis, in St. Paul, the Bloods on the south side, Gangster Disciples and Vice Lords on the south, on the north side. This this is Reverend Jerry McAfee giving a uh, giving the eulogy, and announcing and st stating at the beginning that he's giving a shout out to the city's gangs. Psalms twenty seven. So Reverend McAfee and uh, Attorney General uh, Ellison have long have a long history of helping gang members, including those involved in a murdering a murdering of a Minneapolis police officer. Jesus. Okay, so the shooting death of Minneapolis police officer Jerry uh, Hoff H A A F. Accompanied by McAfee, Keith Ellison, Vice Lord's gang leader, and a Vice Lord's gang leader, sorry. Uh, 
Ellison gang members, he represents Bloods, Vice Lords, Gangster Disciples. He portrayed the gang members as misunderstood. Yeah, those misunderstood murder murderers and drug dealers. In, 1990, in May of 1992, after four cops were uh, acquitted in the videotaped beating of motorist Rodney King, Ellison and publicly the black Americans do not uh, live under democracy is what he states. So in the Daily Caller, Keith Ellison once said, black people don't have to... Um, have no obligation to obey a government. This is all from Keith Ellison. Okay, so weapon charges against the sheriff. His attorney Keith Ellison had no comment. Okay, so Keith Ellison is one of the most corrupt uh, prosecutors in the country. And, you know, needless to say, he was going to turn this into something completely different than what it was, uh, just so that he could milk the situation for all it's worth. Um, he obviously has an agenda, and the agenda is not um, justice. So let's go to the next clip where there's, where there, for uh, some interesting interviews. Did you become concerned about the autopsy of George Floyd? So this is Dr. Tom Haney. Uh, he's a general surgeon, and he's going. He's a, he's done many autopsies, and he's going to discuss this, the autopsy of George Floyd and how it turned out of, uh, at the very end. I think we all saw video and television coverage of this, and I saw one of the body camera footages from the police officers that showed that he was complaining of shortness of breath before entering into the car. I started realizing that, hey, something was wrong with this. A few days later, I found out that the autopsy report was available online, and so I downloaded the autopsy report and read through it. When I did that, my jaw hit the floor. No life-threatening injuries. It's showing all the amounts of drugs in his system that were lethal. Cardo, uh, it has shows him having heart disease. An article published in a peer-reviewed journal identified 17 errors in George Floyd's autopsy. Do these errors raise questions about how George Floyd died? Yes. In patients that have acromegaly, they tend to die from cardiovascular complications, such as heart attack or arrhythmias. Do you feel in a way they were trying to hide this information? I'm not sure if the medical examiners were trying to hide it, but it seems like the prosecutor team was trying to hide it. There's no mention of that in the original autopsy report, nor any of the other reviews. I wouldn't even call them autopsy reports, but 
other reviews by other medical examiners. What do you think about that? Very strange. It raises a lot of questions. The original autopsy was done 12 hours after he was declared dead. The official report that came out a little bit later, I'm told, was changed after the family had a review by two other forensic examiners. Those two examiners never did a physical autopsy and in fact did not view any of the slides or pictures. They complained that they did not have those. We acknowledge that additional medical information. This is Dr. Alicia Wilson, forensic pathologist. Including toxicology and further investigation are necessary for a final report. Dr. Bedden and Dr. Wilson were hired on behalf of George Floyd's family. What do you think of the federal government's involvement in this case? One of the first questions I asked was, was the FBI involved? And when I found out the FBI involvement was within 12 to 24 hours, that really raised a red flag for me. Yeah, why the hell would the FBI be involved? Not only involved, but involved that early in, in what was going on. Why would, the, why would the FBI come in into a case like that and, and involve themselves and have meetings with the uh, with the doctor doing the autopsy. What what's the purpose in that? I think it's obvious. The FBI conducted a meeting with Dr. Baker, which really raised another red flag. Right. Why would you have an, again? Why would you have continuously have meetings with uh, with Dr. Baker, the one that did the autopsy? I think there's a lot of questions that remain unanswered with this. And when I study what happened and how people and our leaders reacted to this, I just shake my head and almost cry in compassion of what has happened to Minneapolis. And instead of bringing people together, we had the opportunity to do that, but I think opportunity was taken to drive us apart. I called Dr. Barker early in, in, in the morning uh, to tell tell to tell him about the case and to ask him if he would perform the okay so the, this is when they first asked him to perform the autopsy on George Floyd okay so the the doctor that performed the autopsy he called me later in the day on that Tuesday and he told me that there were medical findings that showed that showed any injury to the vital so no injuries to the vital structures of George Floyd's neck.
No signs of asphyxiation and no signs of physical damage. Then he says over the phone to this person, he said to me, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative uh, that everyone's already uh, decided on? He then says, uh, this is a career ender. This, this is the kind of case that ends careers. That should, that should never, never be a consideration. Uh, it does, you know, maybe I'm being naive. I guess I am. But if you're, if you're a medical professional, if you're a law enforcement professional, if you're a prosecutor, if you're a, some sort of politician or some, you know, anybody, be true. Be true to the truth. Don't, don't, don't change things just because it's maybe to your benefit or you might suffer some consequences. Let the consequences be damned. Tell the truth. Put the truth out there and, and hopefully the truth will set you free. It may not. But if you want to have integrity, that's what you have to do. clip so very sad very very sad so if you want to have integrity if you want to be a good human being if you want to tell the truth then this is what you have to do undoubtedly this is what you have to do did you become concerned Okay, so in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Shaven is in the courtroom. But a so needless to say, this is a scumbag, Al Sharpton. America's on trial. Standing to his right is uh, Benjamin Crump. The, uh, ambulance chaser. Thank you, George Floyd. Of course, this is Nancy Nancy Pelosi. Um, you know, <laughs> playing to the crowds. What a what a bitch. For sacrificing your life for justice. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the. So needless to say, this is the senile old man, uh, Joe Biden. Worldwide impact. The George Floyd's death. So, May 31st, 2020, FBI and BCA uh, agents interview former officer Thomas Lane. Lane explains the maximal restraint technique, MRT, and how they called for a EMS ambulance. Federal Bureau of Investigation, May 31st, 2020. Names off the different agents to talk to him. I think I said let's use the MRT. Take him out and just. Oh, right. So he accidentally said MRE. He meant MRT. Stop resisting that. Thank you. 
I think we had started EMS two at that point. Yep. All right, we got the ambulance coming. Code three. We're just going to hold him down on the ground until the ambulance gets here. So the maximal restraint technique MRT was approved by the Minneapolis Police Department. So this is March 29th, 2021, uh, Hennepin maybe, County Courthouse. Minneapolis Courthouse, where jury selection is set to begin Monday for the murder trial of Derek Chauvin. Or Hennigan, I'm sorry. The courtroom in a tower in downtown Minneapolis was ringed Monday with concrete barriers, barbed wire, and soldiers from the state's National Guard. Nearby businesses were closed and went... Now, how the hell can you get a fair trial from a jury of your peers um, with, with an armed encampment around, around the courthouse and around the, the proceedings uh, that looks like a, looks like a you know, military um, installation and not just a courthouse? How, how the hell are you going to get a, a fair trial in a situation like that? Just not possible. Those boarded up due to fears of arson and other property damage that occurred after Floyd's death. But I'm going to tell you, there's a new in America. And that's so the Derek Chauvin legal team prepares for the defense. It belongs to all of us when we demand for justice. Okay, so we're starting that shit of say his name. Say his name, drug dealer. Say his name, violent criminal. Say his name, drug addict. So that's how the trial starts out. Um, so one of the people in the car, the passenger uh, and the driver, uh, the passenger and the front seat passenger refuses to give testimony because he's got... Uh, He's already got legal proceedings against him in other cases, and he doesn't want to incriminate himself in this case or in the, in the other cases that he's in the middle of being prosecuted for. With Mr. Floyd. Mr. Hall cannot answer that question. So this is Adrian Cousins, attorney for Maurice uh, Hall, the front seat passenger. Mr. Hall cannot put himself in that car with Mr. Floyd. Again, this was a car that was searched twice and drugs were recovered twice. If Mr. Hall puts himself in that car, he exposes himself to constructive possession charges of the drugs that were found in that car. Uh, knowing all that, do you've had a chance to look at the questions that were proposed by both sides? I have. This is the judge asking him this. Would you be willing to answer those if I were to put you on the stand and swear you in as a witness? No, I'm not. Okay, and why would you not answer those? Fear for uh, criminal charges going forward. I have open charges that's not settled yet. Maurice Lester Hall, date of birth uh, 5 13, 1974. Judge Cahill, which is the judge in this case, um, was involved in one of, the, one of Hall's open cases. So not only is he a judge on this case, but he's a judge in the other case. 
So the, the charge is uh, ammunition, is illegal weapons and ammunition, and felony domestic assault. Peter A. Cahill, same judge. So this seems a little, to me, this seems um, highly inappropriate. So he's making decisions on two cases, uh, and uh, uh, apparently they don't see the conflict, the conflict of interest. And so the judge lets him get away with not testifying. And, um, you know, he's, he's also, um, you know, the judge in one of, at least one of the other cases that he's involved in. All right, let's go to the next clip. This is so dirty and so filthy and so disgusting that you might want to take a shower after listening to this. Okay, Derek Chauvin has never spoken to the media until now. This call is from a federal prison. During the trial, several witnesses, including Chief Arredondo and Inspector Blackwell, testified that they didn't recognize the technique you and the other officers were using as if it was not a part of Minneapolis police training. But was MRT, the maximal restraint technique, part of training and policy? Absolutely. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. 5-316, maximal restraint technique, right in their written policy manual. Again, on MRT, Maximal Restraint Technique. The EMS and Ample's fire response was not normal. Normally, both those resources are sent. They arrive in short time, especially in, on a Code 3 situation. In this case, Minneapolis Fire took 20 minutes to arrive and they're stationed eight blocks away. So the the, the fire the, the the ambulance service, the city the city's ambulance service and fire was eight blocks away and it took them twenty over twenty minutes to get there. Uh, on a code three and code three means the person may be dying. So it's an emergency situation. At the end of the day the whole trial including sentencing was a sham. So from that point, um, you know, we saw you standing there on the sidewalk, just sort of standing still. Okay, so Genevieve Hansen, and I have your name, tag bitch. So she's she's being belligerent, and she's screaming and yelling from the sidewalk with a bunch of other people, but of course she's being the loudest. Where did you stay in the area for a little while? Yes. And at some point you made a 911 call. Yes. Why at that point did you call 911? Um, I think it all settled in that I wish I would have done that immediately because it made... I wish you could see this girl. She's pure trash. It was ridiculous that 17 stations, fire stations... Watch the documentary if you want to know what I mean. 17 was as close as it was. Um, and that they hadn't been there. I should have called 911 immediately, but I didn't. And when things calmed down, I realized that I, I wanted 
them to know what was going on. Your attorney wanted to show a photo of MRT to the jury, but Judge Cahill denied it. Was this a key piece of evidence? I think it certainly is important, just the fact that it's a PowerPoint painting presentation that the city of Minneapolis Police Department delivered uh, using that photograph uh, that at least illustrates some of the training. So if you look at some of the training here, it shows the exact position that George Floyd was held in by Derek Chauvin uh, as part of the training. Were you trained in MRT, the maximal restraint technique? Yes. 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 Yes, I was. Yes, we all were. Yes, all the police officers were trained in the MRT. Your police chief said... So all of the all of the police officers, some black, some white, um, are testifying. Yes, they were trained in this maximal restraint technique (MRT). Even though, well, well, we'll go on to the next part here. On the stand, that he didn't recognize that technique. Mm-hmm. I I heard him say that. It's tough to hear people lie, just straight lie, and again goes right back to, for me the good and the bad, like the right and the wrong, and for you to be under oath and just straight lie. The amount of training that we go through, I mean, it's it's consistent every single year. It's written down. It's on body cam. I mean, was that unfortunate? Absolutely. I know Derek Chauvin. It's. It's absolutely horrific what happened, the whole scenario. But did he do anything intentionally to make that happen? No, it was, it was all what we were trained on. You helped to train Officer Alex King. Okay, so <clears throat> it's a black officer that trained Alex King, which is a you know, mixed, mixed uh, officer. And he's, this guy is going to get very emotional because... His trainee, uh, one of the best trainees he's ever had, if not the best, went to prison for a couple for several years, simply for doing his job. What did you think of him? I've probably trained a few thousand people. He was probably one of the top two. Top two or three. Recruits have ever had. From what I've seen of the videotape, it was done at the scene with. Okay, this is Doc. This is Bill uh, Morman. M O M O H R M A N. I don't know how you pronounce that. Attorney for Derek Chauvin's appeal. George Floyd in the photograph in the police training manual. They look pretty identical. Unfortunately, we know how that turned out. Okay, so instead of showing uh, police body cam videos, the prosecutor uh, you know, re repeatedly used a, a photo, um, Exhibit 17, throughout that trial, which was from that girl that testified earlier. However, Judge uh, Cahill did not allow the MRT training uh, photo to be shown to the jury. So even though there was there was proof 
uh, you know, proof, the judge refused to let the jury see it. I'm looking at the picture right now. So Judge Cahill refused to show the evidence of maximal restraint technique. Just absolutely refused. The miscommunication between the fire department and EMS and George Floyd's uh, drug event, drug arrests. The lack of impartiality didn't stop there. So Judge Cahill worked for the um, Hennigan County Attorney's Office for 10 years. Some office involved in the prosecuting of the, of the four officers. Okay. So the judge had a lot of, conf, conf, you know, he had a lot of conflicts. He was, um, he should, he should have recused himself, but he didn't because this was a kangaroo trial. This was set up to, to put uh, Derek Chauvin in prison, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, sadly, very sadly, the um, the Supreme Court didn't hear the case. Didn't even hear the case. Didn't didn't hear the case and, and decide no. Didn't bother to hear the case. Okay, let's go to the next clip. Minneapolis has agreed to pay George Floyd's family $27 million to settle a civil lawsuit with his family as the jury selection continues for the trial of the officer charged with his murder. Okay, so... The city of Minneapolis settled for $27 million, which is the biggest settlement in, in U.S. history, before the jury was even completely seated uh, for the trial, while the jury was still being seated. If that doesn't muddy the waters, if that doesn't corrupt the system, I don't know what does. Okay, this is Andrea Jenkins, Minneapolis City Council uh, Vice President. Okay, it says uh, Andrea Jenkins, looks like a guy to me. But you be the judge. You watch the documentary, you be the judge. It looks like a guy to me. Like you mentioned, there is no amount. Looks like a guy, sounds like a guy. Like money that can uh, replace a brother, a son, uh, a nephew, um, a father, a loved one. But what we can do is continue to work towards justice and equity and equality in the city of Minneapolis. The city of Minneapolis would pay them the largest civil settlement of its time, $27 million. We're looking for a guilty verdict. We're looking for a guilty verdict. What should protesters do? So Maxine Waters is looking for a guilty verdict. Not uh, a verdict for justice, but a guilty verdict. Not if you're innocent, found not guilty. Not if you're guilty, found guilty. But just a, a guilty verdict in general. And that's the only thing she's willing to accept. So Maxine Waters, United States Representative. Well, we've got to stay on the street. Uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that... She's got to make sure that they know that there's going to be problems unless the, the verdict goes their way. And she's done that many times. She called for people to confront Republican uh, and conservative uh, politicians and 
and um, pundits in, in restaurants and in bars and, and various other venues and confront them and, and make them miserable to where they have to leave. All right, let's go for the next perspective of Miss Frazier's camera. It appears that Officer Chauvin's knee is on the neck of Mr. Floyd. Yes. So from her camera, and then in the on the right side, they're showing the body footage, the body cam footage uh, from the other officers behind, behind Derek Chauvin. Would you agree that from the perspective of Officer King's body camera, it appears that Officer Chauvin's knee was more on Mr. Floyd's shoulder blade? Yes. Okay, so this is Madeira uh, Arradondo, chief of, uh, chief of Minneapolis Police Department. This is the liar that says he's never seen uh, MRT, and, it, and he doesn't recognize it, and it doesn't exist in the Minneapolis Police Department. I'm actually surprised he admitted this. Well, yet George uh, uh, Derek Chauvin was still prosecuted. I'm sorry, convicted. I'd like to show you uh, what's been received as exhibit. Okay, Steve Schneider. Uh, no, not Snyder. Schleicher, uh, prosecutor. Seventeen. Is this a trained technique that's uh, by the Minneapolis Police Department when you were uh, overseeing the training unit? It is not. And how does this differ? So this is Katie Blackwell, Inspector, Minneapolis Police Department, and she's just flat out lying. Improvised position that is. So that's not what we train. All right. As you reflect on Exhibit 17, I must ask you: Is this a trained Minneapolis Police Department defensive tactics technique? It is not. So that's the chief of police again lying. When I heard that part of the testimony, now this is Derek Chauvin's mother, and she's going to provide evidence that shows that that's all lies. I really wanted to get up off my chair and yell, bullshit. Several of those witnesses testified that MRT... She's The interviewer, I apologize, is Liz Collin, investigative reporter. Or the maximal restraint technique was not a part of Minneapolis police policy. Oh, the, um, it wasn't... Okay, so Derek Chauvin's mother is Carolyn Paulenti. Part of the training, the pages that were didn't want to be presented in court because they weren't in the manual. Oh, she's reaching for the manuals. I've seen the manual. I've read through the manuals. I've seen, I've seen them. Hmm, they're not in the manuals. Well, they sure as hell are in Derek's training manuals. So how can they say that they don't exist? That's Derek's manual. These are Derek's training manuals. And MRT is in there? Yes. Oh. It's in there. There's a drawing of, of the same so restraint. How can you say that's not part of the training. So the chief of police at that time told a freaking lie. Seeing is believing. So she actually pulled up the training manual that Derek Chauvin had 
and proved for a fact that it was part of the training and was in the in the training manual. And uh, that's proof positive. I mean, what else do you possibly need? But of course, this wasn't allowed in court by by Judge Cahill. Well, why would he not do that? Well, because he's a politician, because he's part of the political uh, landscape, um, because they wanted a conviction. They needed a conviction for all sorts of different reasons. That's why not only did the local prosecutors, the state prosecutor, Keith Ellison, and the FBI themselves interviewed um, Baker, the Dr. Baker, the um, doctor that performed the autopsy, because they had decided that this was going to be worded the way they wanted it worded. And if not, there was going to be problems. And, you know, Baker decided to choose his own well-being over telling the truth. And so he altered his autopsy report. And that's been proven, too, because there's different versions. This is sickening. This country is going down the tubes. Now, the only thing I wonder is, I wonder if the country was always this corrupt. I was born in 1970. I'm 53 years old. So here's my question to me and, and to, well, more to me than anybody else, but to everybody else as well. Was this country always this corrupt? Or, and I was just naive, or has it gotten worse over time? I, I think maybe both is true. I, th I think maybe it's always been corrupt, but I wonder if it's gotten worse over time. When you, hear, when you think about Tammany Hall in New York, when you think about all the other stuff that happened, um, you know, maybe it's been corrupt since the very beginning, extremely corrupt. And we just didn't know. We didn't know, or most of us didn't know. We were naive. We were extremely naive. And so now that, you know, so the Internet's come about, uh, it's the information age, and, um, you know, the, the curtain's being pulled back, and, um, the great and powerful uh, Oz has been revealed. And so it's sad but true. Um, the idea, again, that I had that third world banana republics were the only type of countries that had this kind of thing going on, this, t this level of corruption and, uh, you know, political prosecution uh, has been completely destroyed. I'm no longer naive. I mean, I think I'm probably naive to a certain extent because if I, if I wasn't, I would just have to move out of the country. But sadly, we're the best country on the planet. We are the most free and best country on the planet. Um, and we're shit. We're the most free and, 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 uh, and best country, most honest country on the planet, and we're pure shit. So what does that mean about the other countries? What does that tell you about all the other countries if we're the best and we're shit and we're corrupt and we prosecute our, our political opponents and uh, we try to ruin people's lives and manipulate uh, court, court hearings? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, so we're going to play a little bit more of Maxine Waters and the, and the absolute asinine, crazy things that she has to say. If you're ready. More active and more confrontational. So in other words, you want to pressure uh, the jury and the court system to give the verdict you want.
you've already said that only a, you want a guilty verdict. That's it. So here's the judge weighing in on that, saying he's aware of what she said. Aware of the media reports. I'm aware that Congressman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of uh, anything less than a murder conviction and talk about being confrontational. But you can submit the press articles about that. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. A congresswoman's opinion doesn't really matter a whole lot. So she's standing out there. She's a member of Congress screaming that only a guilty verdict will, will suffice and uh, declaring that uh, Derek Chauvin is guilty um, before the trial even starts, before everything gets going, and um, before the jury is completely selected. And yet, um, you know, Judge Cahill says this is not a problem because her opinion doesn't matter. Of course it matters. Of course it affects a public opinion. Of course it affects the jury pool. It affects everything. And to say that just makes Cahill an absolute liar and a lowlife. Okay, let's continue. This jury has, has, despite all best effort... This, this, is, um, this is Derek Chauvin's lawyer. ...has been bombarded with... It's on Fox 9, local station. Case, it is impossible to stay away from it unless you literally shut off your phone, or you shut off your TV, you shut off your computer, and no such instructions have been given during the course of this trial. Well, to be fair, the last few times I've advised them, I told them, don't watch the news. Pure and simple. Yeah, he told the jury, don't watch the news. You know, wonderful. That, that really means a lot. Again, Judge Cahill is, is absolutely full of shit. He's a corrupt judge. <clears throat> and instead of uh, Derek Chauvin being in prison, he should be in prison. Derek was tried in a courthouse that was surrounded by barbed wire, concrete block, two armored personnel carriers, and a squad of National Guard troops, all of which of whom were there for one purpose, in the event the jury acquitted him. Yeah, it was a military encampment. There's people in military gear with uh, military fatigues and military, uh, you know, vehicles, and barbed wire and everything else, concrete pillars, circling the courthouse. What does that tell the jury? What does that tell the public? Every person in this country is entitled to be to a fair trial in a fair venue under the Constitution. What kind of message do you think that sent to the jury seeing those scenes outside the, the courthouse every day? I don't have to speculate on the message uh, the jurors had in their minds. Every juror had a stake in the outcome of that case. Because every juror knew that if there was a not guilty finding, there was a less than trivial and, and actually substantial risk that there would be riots in their community again. Of course there'll be riots. There was already riots. So if they find him not guilty, of course the city's going to burn. These are people outside the courthouse screaming at the top of their lungs. What do you think your son's case says about the justice system in America? Is there a justice system in America? Not according to what they did to Derek and the other three officers. There isn't any. I don't believe in the justice system anymore.
How, how could you? How could you believe in the justice system after this kangaroo trial? Sentence for count one. The court commits you to the custody of the Commissioner of Corrections for a period of 270 months. It's 270. That is a 10-year addition to the presumptive sentence. You don't see the judge. You just see Derek Chauvin listening to the sentence. Of 150 months. This is based on your uh, abuse of a position of trust and authority and also the particular cruelty. Uh, abuse and a particular uh, of uh, trust and authority and particular cruelty by following the uh, the guidelines of the, of the training of the city of Minneapolis. George Floyd. Derek Chauvin, 19 years of service. Alex Kang, third shift on duty, so he's only on his third shift. Thomas Lane, fourth shift on duty. And Tao, Thal, nine years of service. Okay, so let's see. Derek Chauvin got 22.5 years in prison. Um, Alex Kang got 3.5 years in prison. Thomas Lane got three years in prison. For what? Being kicked. And uh, Tao Thao got 4.75 years in prison. It's almost five years. Shows their mugshots. Peter Cahill still a judge. Keith Ellison obviously still in his position. Matthew Frank, which was one of the prosecutors, appointed to be a judge by the governor of the state. And Jerry Blackwell appeared by uh, appointed by the president. Um, sorry, it's hard to read the small print. Appointed by uh, Governor Walls, W-A-L-Z, which was Matthew Frank to a judgeship. Jerry Blackwell appointed by President Biden as a federal judge for the Minnesota district. So after framing a guy and giving him a, a kangaroo court, it actually improved their their uh, their careers. Okay, so that's that's the documentary. There was a lot more to it. I can't give you the whole damn documentary. But it's absolutely disgusting. It reveals how corrupt the system is. It shows how biased the system is and how politicians and people in the political system and the, and the, uh, and the law enforcement uh, actually just, they, they do whatever is politically expedient, whatever is going to help their career. And, uh, you know, they're good little Nazis. The ones that don't want to go along with it are good little Nazis that go along with it because they, they don't want to be targeted by the government. They don't want to be fired. Uh, they don't want to live through this situation themselves. And most of them retired. The the one officer refused to retire because he said he wasn't going to let, he wasn't going to let mob rule win. He wasn't going to let the the liars in Minneapolis police department and the, um, and the, and the, and the Minneapolis government win. And he was a black officer, by the way. And so sad, but true. This is how it ends. Uh, again, as I said before, Derek Chauvin, applied for his case. He put his he appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. They refused to even hear the case. They flat out refused to hear the case. Um, meanwhile, he was almost stabbed to death. He may be dead at this point. I haven't, got, I haven't seen the updates. But he was almost stabbed to death because he's a target now. He, he's, been, he's been taken out of protective custody, and now he's in general population. 
which means his, his life is at risk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the chance of him, him living, um, you know, he's, he's going to be in his 60s if he gets to leave. 60s, you know, mid to late 60s, um, or even 70. Uh, I don't recall exactly how old he is, but he's, the chances of him living out that, that term in prison without being murdered, you know, much forget about all the torture he's going to suffer, but being murdered is zero, absolutely zero. Um, this country has become sick. It's become twisted. The um, criminals are the good guys. The good guys are criminals. And um, anybody that becomes a police officer right now is uh, putting their head in a noose. They're putting their head in a guillotine and waiting for somebody to pull the cord. Because you can't win. You do your job, you're, you're in deep shit. You don't do your job, you're in deep shit. You, you know, you're in less deep shit because you just sit back and watch the watch civilization crumble under your feet. You watch cities burn. You watch people commit crimes. That's why all these people are, are so bogus and, and bold and walking in stores and just taking merchandise and just walking out because they know they won't be prosecuted. And if they are prosecuted, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, cashless bail. Um, they've changed what's what's a felony, how much you have to steal to be a felony. Um, you know, so that kind of thing. Our society is coming unraveled. It's coming unglued at the seams. And I really don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Um, it doesn't look good for anybody. It definitely doesn't look for good for anybody in this country. Unless things change soon, and I just don't see how that's going to happen, uh, we're, we're done for. We are Rome in its last days. And there's so many people. Forget about the barbarians at the gates. We, it's the it's the traitors inside our country that are throwing the gates wide open for the barbarians and it's undermining the very foundation of this country and undermining things like justice and uh, truth um, completely undermining it which is going to be our ultimate destruction now don't get me wrong people coming in from other countries wanting to destroy us and and uh, you know come here um, working jobs that poor people need uh, over, over, uh, you know, making the system overwrought with uh, people that aren't even supposed to be here in our emergency rooms, in our uh, schools, uh, in the job market. And uh, we don't know who most of them are. And some of them are actually terrorists. They've caught terrorists trying to come in through the southern border. But nobody seems to care. And if they do care, they don't care enough to make something happen. And of course, the Democrats, they definitely don't care. They definitely do not care. They see this as a way of gaining power, and they don't share they don't share traditional values anyway, and so they're okay with it. They're they're okay. They're absolutely okay with with the country as we know it uh, completely collapsing. Uh, Western civilization in general completely collapsing, and if young university and college students um, protesting Israel and supporting the terrorist group Hamas uh, doesn't prove that, I don't know what will. If this trial and this documentary, which again, I'm going to put the link to the documentary, it's the fall of Minneapolis. And I'm going to put the link in, in the uh, description of this uh, podcast. I want everybody to watch it. Believe me, it's well worth it. Uh, but it's going to make you sick to your stomach if you have any integrity whatsoever. If you have any sense of right and wrong, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to be bad sick to your stomach. All right, folks, I appreciate everybody listening. This is Conservative Atheist. 
and I will catch you next time.